Well, you're all in record anyway, aren't you? I'm recording now. You've only just started recording. I had to get a drink. That oh, means you, wow. we've missed all of the gold pizza. But, I didn't think that was making the cut. Lambrini and... Well, it's, it's all candidates for the, the intro. Funky bit, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I apologise on that. You just f***ed it up. So, I was, <laughs> what <laughs> great stuff. We can't recreate that now, can we? We're back! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Gaming Podcast for the month of August. We've been on our summer holidays. In fact, you join us now poolside. Leon's over there chilling, chatting to the uh, waitress at the bar. Mark, we haven't seen all holiday. He's up in the hotel room, hasn't come out once. True to form. Um, If you follow the podcast, you'll know that every month we play a different game. Um, And this month we've been playing Quop. The... Panellists with the top score will, of course, be introduced last. Panellists with the worst score will be introduced first. And this week, joining me, as always, is Leon Matthews. Yeah, this is not really fair. Quop's <laughs> like a it's like a blind spot for me. It's the most irritating game of all time. So, yeah, I wasn't never going to do very well on this one. Dude, you are not wrong. This game is just outrageously annoying. Mm. I mean, smashed at least two keyboards. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't really worth me trying to get a new score because it would mean I have to get a new laptop, a new monitor. You know, it was just going to cost me too much. So, Yeah. And I am, of course, Steve Hill. I came in second with six metres. In fact, I think I deserve a round of applause just for playing the game. This is the <laughs> first time true. in about six months I've done this. Uh, I, I thought six metres might have been good enough to win it, but Mark... <laughs> Oh, Mark, Mark, Mark. A hundred metres. No, that is, in, that is impossible. 100.8, I'll have you know. What, did, Dude, what's wrong with you, man? Was he crawling across the floor at some point by the time you got to the end? You should have, you should have streamed that. In fact, you, can you still do it? Do you reckon you can still get that score? You can, you can because when we kind of met up for an, an abortive podcast, which turned into basically a, a quop training session, uh, Nile <laughs> a quop boot camp. Yeah, <laughs> Nile equaled it. Oh my uh, god! But it's it's basically you kind of kind of glitching it. It it's a it's a strange one need crawl that you make to the end that takes you about five minutes. <laughs> so we should we should explain the theory of quop for anybody who doesn't know what it is. It's using the keys Q W O and P. And what is it? Your lower leg and upper leg is. Or part of one Q and O, or yeah, yeah. You, you've got to coordinate your calf and thigh movement. That's it, yeah, with those four keys, and it's just insanely hard. <clears throat> I'm that the most similar thing I think is probably Octodad. Would that be? Oh yeah, right? yeah, that makes makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long story short, don't ever ever play it. <laughs> it's funny. Queema the Quop. We don't have uh, Niall or Steve this week. They're at summer camp or something and uh, James Trophy Thomas is out in Gamescom uh, which we'll get to in a bit we've just had all the conferences this evening is that right guys? Yep Microsoft was today Sony was just now well a couple of hours ago So Microsoft uh, kicked off proceedings um, today Well, in fact I tell you what why don't we fill people in those who may not have heard of Gamescom before it's actually bigger than E3 It's massive it's absolutely way bigger than E3 
Because it's open to the public as well as the, the industry. Mm. 340,000 people, apparently. Wow. Mm. It's a lot, a lot of people. But yeah, because it's open to the public, that means anybody who's got any money in their pocket can get in. And the lines are horrific. Yeah, James uh, James Thomas is out there. We thought maybe he'd be Skyping in, but doesn't seem to uh, have popped up online. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he does show at some point and we can get the inside scoop. Um, but Microsoft uh, kicked things off today. Um any ground groundbreaking stuff, uh, shattering news? Um, to be honest, before they even kicked it off, they um, announced a few little bits that they didn't mention in the press conference, um, which it's, it's kind of fringe stuff to the to the dashboard, but it was pretty big for me. Um, they've announced movie support for MKV files and playing from USB storage, um, which is good and unexpected. Now, see, I, I, I saw this story and I thought, you know what, who cares? I had no idea, though, that they're doing MKV support, which mm. is quite quite interesting, actually. It is that, indeed. That bucks a trend, no? It does. It was completely unexpected. Nobody expects them to to support those formats because ultimately it is the format of piracy, let's be honest. That's what most people uh. use it for. Um, and it's kind of something that everybody wants and never expects them to do. And they went and did it or will be doing it in a future update, which is quite cool. Um, but beyond that, they've done a few little things like booting directly to the TV so that all the other halves of the world don't have to work out how to say Xbox Watch TV, <laughs> um, which is handy for a lot of people. Um, they announced a digital TV tuner before the event a couple of days ago, actually, um, so that you can get digital TV direct in without using the HDMI thing. Um, so, yeah, there was a few little bits before which were quite quite good for the media capabilities. Is is media capability a, a big thing now, or do you think it's too little too late? Have people moved on? I guess it's a nice feature to have, but haven't we all got Rokus and WDTVs and other bits and bobs by now? Um, I think so, but at the same time, it, it depends on how committed you are to this Xbox being the centre of your living room thing. Um, mm, I'm not massively one. committed to it. Yeah, exactly. But it, it is the centre of my living room. I don't have a cable box anymore. Everything goes through that. I've got a Google TV plugged into it, but if my Xbox could natively play my MKV files, then that would make my life marginally easier. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to have. Any interesting stuff happening with games? Some exclusives, I gather? Um, I suppose a big headline news for you is that Tomb Raider is exclusive. Yep, that's the big one. Wow. Yeah. They kind of drop that in the middle there. Um, now, a lot of people are assuming that it's a timed exclusive, but there's been some Twitter tweeting and other information float out there saying that it is actually a legit exclusive. Um, but is it is it exclusive to the one, or is it because they use this phrase Xbox exclusive, which had some people kind of questioning whether it was going to be on 360 as well, in the same way they kind of spoke about uh, Titanfall? I believe it's going to be on 360. I think on the um, on Square Enix's website, it's got 360 and Xbox One listed. No PC version, no PS4 version so far. I mean, you can only take that sort of thing with a pinch of salt. Um, the example I'd give is Mass Effect. Whoever thought that you'd get Mass Effect 1 on the PS3, but it happened eventually. Um, so it looks good for now um, that it's an exclusive, but I wouldn't be holding my breath for it. And the bigger question is, should it really be an exclusive, being a third party that was kind of announced for the PS4 anyway? And is it a good thing that they've done this at Microsoft? have basically just backed a dump truck up to the back of Square Enix, taking advantage of the fact that they're kind of struggling at the moment and 
giving them a load of money to get an exclusive game, which could have been for a lot of people. It's not very imaginative. Yeah. It doesn't seem um, as big a story as it might have been, you know, some years ago. Uh, but still, you know, the game's got a great following. It did have a good return to form. I can't um, take away from that. Just not very exciting for me. It will go up against Uncharted 4, though. I think that's that's the kind of big plan, which is you've got those kind of third-person action-adventure type games, which Microsoft has already been quite low on. It makes me groan even more because that's just even so much less imaginative you know fire with fire they got an indiana jones type game well we'll have an indiana jones type game it's all kind of tit for tat but okay fine good for them i'm surprised that you don't like tomb raider did you play it well i look, i of course i i did enjoy the uh the remake the the recent reboot um i just i don't know it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it's uh what is it the game that you you you're kind of not wowed by it, or is it just the I, fact that they've just kind of basically said halt production on another console? Yeah, I, I just don't think it's the big draw that it, it used to be. You know, okay, so you got it exclusive. Um, it does. It, it I, seems like it potentially beneficial for both um, because Tomb Raider as, as a reboot, it didn't necessarily do as much sales wise as people thought it would, um, considering the critical acclaim. And so perhaps tying it into a console that might be lacking that type of action-adventure title might, in fact, you know, slightly boost sales. I don't know. Mm, you think maybe it's a good fit? They're a good fit for each other? I, I think it's something that, that Microsoft consoles have kind of lacked, that, that you know, Sony have moved towards. Um, yeah, I, I think it is, it is a pretty good fit. I think if, if Tomb Raider uh, came out at the same time or in the same period as Uncharted 4... Anyone with a PlayStation 4, I can't see who's buying Tomb Raider, bar fans. Mm. Okay, cool. Any other juicy stuff from Microsoft? What about Goat Simulator? <laughs> That's the one thing you picked out of that montage, was it? <laughs> well, it does stand I out. A, I did catch a glimpse of it. I mean, it's a really amazing story, this. I mean, it, it was obviously a bit of a giggle. As much as they um, you know, say they put a lot of resources behind it, blah, 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 um, I can't imagine they threw too much money on it, and the money they've made back is just—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a funny story. Let's put it that way. It was a good montage, though, for the ID at Xbox games. Um, there did look to be some decent titles in there. Uh, Cuphead obviously showed up again, which was the yeah. one that caught yeah. most people's yeah. eyes. But then occasionally you do kind of think, like threes. You know, I know that you know you've got to include all the games, but. You know, that kind of thing just slightly devalues it, I think. Freeze is good, though. It's it, a good game. But is that the platform you want to play on? Um, no, but... Yeah, okay, I can't really defend it. It's pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, though, um, Space Engineers did look that pretty cool. Mm. I didn't notice that one. Give me give me the uh, the back backstory. Well, you're, you're Space Engineers. <laughs> That's about it. It was only the clip during the montage. I haven't seen sounds anything else about it. Sounds pretty desolate, actually. It looks like building your ship, fighting your ship against other ships. Your ship gets blown up, destroying all of your work. Kind of like a flyable Minecraft house. 
Ooh, sounds brutal. Maybe. I don't know. All we got was a trailer. That's what it looked like. It looked cool. It was in space. I was interested. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> um, what else? Quantum Break. We finally got to see Quantum Break. What did you right. make of that? I, I really liked it. From your tone, I'm guessing that you didn't. But no, I, I did. Um, you know, uh, automatically, I'm kind of thinking Remedy. I'm thinking Sam Lake. I'm, I'm kind of thinking back to to Max Payne and you know the games that I love and I, I, I like the kind of noirness of it all um, but there is kind of part of me that, that looks at the cover shooting and just kind of thinks eh, you know the kind of time manipulation angle and that kind of thing is it is it a little bit gimmicky I don't know it might end up being absolutely fantastic it's one of those things where you, I think you've got to play it to find out just how satisfying it's going to be yeah, definitely. I mean, the problem I have with all of those sort of third-person shooter games is that the third-person shooter is like the base of the game. That is what, if you want to, you can run up to a piece of cover, stamp behind it, and shoot at things. But they've given you stuff to do which makes it more exciting. And it always depends on how the player approaches everything, whether it becomes more exciting or not. So I, th- I think you know, it's, it's the same for like Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which was also about this thing. A lot of people kind of just look at things in their just their base elements and assume that that is how they're going to play them when in reality it could be more interesting if you tried harder and I think Quantum Break might be like that yeah I mean if you go back to kind of the the likes of Max Payne you could pretty much kind of spam most of the enemies there through doorways or kind of really cheap shots but it, it depended on how you use things like bullet time so if you, it, it looks like they're, they're designing it as ever to be cinematic. So if you've got an eye for that and you're not just kind of running through areas, you know, kind of pausing time and just meleeing everyone or, or using really cheap tactics, then it should be good. Mm. And I, I just have a lot of trust in Remedy. I liked Alan Wake. I liked Max Payne, the originals, obviously. Um, so I just think they'll do a good job. I, I enjoy their single player, single player games and it, it looks it looks lovely. Your notes here look like you're uh, really looking forward to Fable Legends. What did I put next to that? <laughs> uh, yawn. Right. It <laughs> leaps out at me. It's because I don't understand Fable Legends, even though I don't like Fable, so it's not down my street anyway. But if I did like Fable, that isn't the Fable game I would want them to make. Hmm. It's a co-op. It's like Left 4 Dead or Evolve meets fable like that's not what from everything i've ever heard about fable that's not what people like about fable it's a sprawling single player world where you've got loads of choices and it's a bit quirky like and there's just none of that Mm. so to me it just seems like they're totally distancing themselves from from what people want from that game yeah it's it's funny a friend of mine i'm just looking through this list here a friend of mine was booked last week to cut promos for and for Gamescom Hmm. and he was waiting 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 for stuff to come through and they're like oh it's going to be coming soon we're going to send all the 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 clips Um, and then got cancelled so fine Uh, and then he got um, invited in to capture the material that he needed from none of this is going to be able to go into the podcast by the way so I don't know why I'm spending that much time um, (laughs) uh, they kept saying oh yeah in a minute you'll be able to go up and choose your clips and they kept putting it off putting it off and in the end they said oh really sorry we've just spoken to Uh, apparently you can't capture anything from the game and all you can do is cut it from an original trailer i just thought that you're you're trying to sell this game you're trying to make 
you know, a big impact and a bit of a wow factor. And the amount of red tape and bullshit that you have to go through and all these different levels of bureaucrats you have to deal with, it's a, it's a wonder they ever make anything coherent to sell these games or pique our interest. Yeah. You know, there, there seems to be... They have a real problem with... Um, with with the show element of it sometimes you think of someone like apple and how slick they are and even samsung with their weird kind of broadway thing they did for the s4 those those years ago you know at least that they kind of got all behind it and they're giving it their all you know they like to really control these things now though don't they like you can only see what but can you you blame them can you absolutely in any way blame them (sighs) Because I look can't. at just the wrong shot somewhere. Just look at what happened with, like, watchdogs. You know, if it looks too good, then then you're in for a shitstorm. If it looks yep. slightly crappy at an early stage and people say, no, it will improve, well, you're in for an even bigger shitstorm. You know, there's... I mean, just watching how, um, how the guy was playing uh, Quantum Break, you could tell he, he was so careful as to how he was angling the camera... And you know, walk nice and slowly here, make it look cinematic. Because as soon as the first let's play comes out, and someone kind of pans the camera ridiculously fast, and you see a bit of, you know, V-sync problems or something like that, or you know, it, it it's it's going to cause ructions. So they've got to control exactly what people see at this early stage. Who's who's doing it right? Who's the last um, company to have presented something that was just absolutely bang on the money? Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think. I think. The last thing I saw that was a good demo of something. There were definitely a few from E3 that we thought, yeah, that that looked great. They did, well, did really well with that. Yeah. As in a proper like live demonstration of it. It could have been live. It could have been a pre-recorded. Well, the edit. It just seemed, no, it no man's to... sky was. Yeah. You know. Yes, I remember you. You both were blown away by that. Everyone yeah. liked the guy presenting. Everyone thought it looked interesting. You know, they showed enough clips. There wasn't kind of it wasn't just kind of jump cuts the whole way through. You know, they showed a decent amount. Keep it there for a few seconds on each shot, so we can actually see what's going on. The gameplay demo of um, the latest Assassin's Creed actually wasn't bad. That was pretty decent. Was that what they opened with? Uh, was that a trailer? No, no, no. This was the one at oh at E three at E three. Yeah, with, with four the four people. player co op. Yeah. And they switch between screens, and obviously, you know, they're, they're walking slowly, like everyone likes to do in Assassin's Creed, because it looks cooler. But <laughs> but beyond that, it it seemed to kind of gel together quite well. Do you know what they quite they're quite consistent in presenting their games well? Actually, I mean, they should be. They've done like fifteen of them. Yeah, and they're all the same, really. Let's be honest. They are, yeah. Like, what is it? It's a guy climbing on something, jumping off something into a bay hail, walking slowly into a crowd and stabbing somebody and then in some kind trailer. of baroque baroque setting or Yeah, they're all the same. Halo channel. What about that? That wasn't interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say though, I mean Halo channel that kind of ties into it. in the early days of the Xbox one there was all this kind of big push about premium content and that kind of thing. It's strange. Was there anything said about like um, Quantum Break's TV show? No, there wasn't, which was weird. But it hasn't been cancelled, has it? Because they closed down their entertainment division, Microsoft did, but made the point of saying that both Quantum Break and Halo Nightfall were still in production. Yet we've heard nothing more on the Quantum Break side of things. Oh, they've just got car crash written all over them. I don't know why they, they try and do these kind of 
crazy, crazily ambitious um, projects. They never, they haven't got the credibility. They haven't got the experience. They haven't got the clout. It sounds kind of interesting. The Quantum Break one is your Sam Lake or whatever his character is, um, and you're the good guy, obviously. And then you're fighting against this corporation called Monarch, and the TV show is the story in from the perspective of Monarch. So it's like the villain side of the story. So you play something doing something to destroy Monaco or whatever, and then you might watch a half an hour episode where it sets up what the villains have been doing, which sets up your next gameplay sequence. So I can kind of see it working, but I think, you know, you're right. The, the production side of it is probably going to be hokey at best. You you kind of see it. Work. I mean, just think how ambitious that is. It, it just, A, because it's going to be reliant on um, people sort of keeping up with playing the game and coming back to the show, which people never really like to do. They like to play things at their own pace and burn through shows if they want to or blah, blah, blah. But also, it's just totally unconventional to have something from the perspective of a villain. And I'm not saying that's not going to work. I'm just saying I have no faith in these guys to be the ones that change that convention. Isn't the mm. first season going to be on the disc, though? Is that I it? believe so. Because okay, if they, right. if you can access it from the in-game menu, then I think that's that's a, a kind of possibility. Like, you, you've played a bit of the game, you've played an hour or so, you want to see how that affects, you know, kind of what would be told from the villain's perspective. And so I'd then, you know, I'd sit through, you know, a, a little 20-minute show or something just to see if it was done well. Listen, uh, it, okay, you, that's slightly more interesting. It just it it just begs the question: Why? I I can't see there's going to be that much more profit in it. I, I I commend them for trying. I think it's very brave. It's very bold. Um, I just can see it being a huge, awful, awkward, cringeworthy car crash. I mean, like you say, it's one of those things where they would have to, if they're going to do it, go all in and really throw a lot of money at it and do it, which may have been a possibility back when the Xbox was originally announced, but since they've turned their back on pretty much every single one of those features, that is less of an opportunity for them now. And look, they're running scared. They're closing the studios. You know, they're closing yeah. all their internal projects. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's an odd one. It really an odd one. And throwing money at something is not always the solution to to fixing it yeah. this is true um, like doubling down on the whole 180 thing they announced three new bundles for the Xbox One and I believe only one of them had Connect in it which was the Call of Duty bundle in fact did that even have Connect in it I think it did yes um, but well, they're going for the different colours aren't they yeah Sunset Overdrive is white Call of Duty is some sort of grey ironically and um, <laughs> it's a camouflage yeah there's a FIFA 15 one as well. Is it green? Um, I have no idea what colour that one was. Should be um, white hexagonal leather. <laughs> but it'd probably blow up, wouldn't it? It'd get a bit warm. Ah, don't worry about things like that. <laughs> as long as it looks cool. A, a one terabyte box, is that necessary? What, what, uh, what's your usage on your hard drive at the minute? Because you're all digital, right? Yep. Um, I was actually out of space until they announced for people who are in the preview that you can use USB storage and I plug a two terabyte drive in and I no longer care what type of Xbox they bring out with a ah, hard drive. Ah, it. but it's not it's not sleek anymore. It's got like a dangly bit. Well, not really. Woo. It's in my entertainment centre and it's just a cable that goes to a, an external hard drive which is sat on the other end of the entertainment centre. 
did you say entertainment centre? I did say entertainment <laughs> centre. Is that old? <laughs> Should I know? You mean your TV cabinet? It's not a cabinet. It hasn't got, <laughs> hasn't got doors. Oh, excuse me. It's an entertainment centre. Oh, was it? Uh, all right. It's a TV stand. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, uh, some glass and metal tubing holding. Oh, it up. it's glass. It's glass, not glass. Does it have like one of those doors where you um, you press it once and it kind of releases itself? It doesn't have doors on it. It's not that swanky. Ah. <laughs> it's just it's just a cheap TV stand with shelves that I can place things on. Yeah, and Entertainment Center was probably a bit of a reach then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> My TV stand has a hard drive in it, which is plugged into my Xbox, and it works fine. I don't need another Xbox with however many terabytes they want to charge me ridiculous prices for. I'm, I'm trolling you a little bit. But just out of interest, though, what was your hard drive space before? Um, what, how much had I used? Or? Yeah, yeah. When, when it was at capacity, what, what um, was I'd, it shipped with? I'd used it all. Um, I yeah, was, so what? Oh, 500 gigs, sorry. That's how much. 500 gig. Yeah, right. that's how much it was. And then I... I couldn't have downloaded another game, and it, luckily the update came just in time for me to get some more space. Sonny, I'm I'm at peace with this whole system of just keeping the game that you are currently playing. Like, because I have SSDs in my machines, not all of them have massive um, capacity, and the way I see it is, if you're playing a game, you have it installed. Like, are you really playing all those games all the time? No. But You're hoarding, you see. I no, but I am. But the whole point of have, of kind of digital downloads is that you can go back to them quickly. Exactly. Otherwise, you may well, as well just have the disc. Mister Mister 150 Meg here can <laughs> you can have it within 20 minutes. Yeah, good point actually. Well, there there is that, but again, it's as fast as they can throw it at me. Like it depends. Sometimes I'll be sat here and. I just don't know what I want to play. I've got 20 games installed on this thing and I'll just be there flicking and I'll be like, right, you know what? I'm going to play Rise for 15 minutes. And I go and want to play Rise just because it's there or I go and play Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter just because they're all there. I don't have to get up. It's just all there. It's super lazy and it's super trivial, but that is... I, I wouldn't play that. The amount of games that I used to have on my shelves and I'd, I'd have like loads of games from the generation, but because it meant getting up, picking up the disc, putting it in... I would just never play them. Yeah, you don't want to slip a disc or anything. You Ex- know, like exactly. Getting off the couch. I, I don't want to burn calories. <laughs> so, you know, having them just there, it sounds so stupid and so, like, lazy and first world problemish. but I, I just wouldn't be playing them otherwise. So Look, I, lo- I love the idea of a digital-only library. I hate clutter myself personally, although I have been getting back into Blu-ray purchasing and Criterions and all that jazz of late. But... I still want to keep everything streamlined. So I, I, I hear you, but I'm still of the school of thought that you only really need capacity for like three or four games at a time. There's no way you can be playing all of that stuff. A few, a couple of multiplayer games and, you know, whatever single player you're losing yourself in. And then all the smaller arcade indie games are tiny anyway. So, But look, you know, it's, it's cool that you can have a hard drive dangling off your sleek one. <laughs> In my entertainment centre. <laughs> in your entertainment centre. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's pretty much the highlight of the Microsoft One. Call of Duty was there and they had an awful event the day before as well where they un- unveiled the multiplayer for Call of Duty Advanced Warfare to the world and everybody says that it looks like Titanfall. Yeah, t- obviously not a surprise for, for anyone. Um, 
But it's, everyone's jumping towards verticality. Literally. Yeah. And so it, it's it's weird, but if they'd actually stayed still or gone backwards, in a weird way, they'd actually be more unique than they're going to be by the time this game actually comes out. That's the weird thing about it all. It's mm, very true. Like, Maybe if someone came out now with a decent World War Two or, or something, you know, kind of a historical first-person shooter or something, it would actually be different. That's the the weird thing. It's been done so many times, but now... It would be refreshing. Yeah. Mm. Sniper Elite was good, because that's World War Two, and it's not Trench's World War Two. it's Africa, which who even knew there was an African campaign, but it, there was, and it's quite interesting. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people would take a World War Two Call of Duty now, ironically, after we spent so many years getting really, really sick of that being shoved down our throats. Um, but Advanced Warfare, and I'm going to surprise absolutely nobody when I say this, I think it looks kind of good. I they are going to the advanced though, aren't aren't they? I mean, they're throwing mm. everything at it. I mean, anything vaguely kind of sci-fi or anything you could imagine in future combat, they're throwing in there, kind of shields and cloaks. They, they and... had to go full tilt though, didn't they this time? Yeah, I mean, the, that was that was all they could really do. And I think a lot a lot of people uh, just jumping down their throats saying, "Look, it's basically Titanfall." And as Mark was saying, where else were they going to go? Let's be honest. In a first-person shooter, they can't really change it that much. It still has to be Call of Duty. The only thing they could possibly change is the movement and make you more mobile. There isn't really a great deal else to go with it. Um, and they've done that. It is different. It it is slightly different. And it's the the thing which frustrates me is that. I do it to other types of games, like football games, Pro Evo and FIFA, they look the same to me. I don't play them, therefore they are the same to me. JRPGs, they all look the same to me. You'd play, play um, you'd play FIFA Advanced Warfare though, I bet. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> with, so. With 100% new verticality. Maybe so, but to people who play first-person shooters, that's like saying Call of Duty and Battlefield are the same. That is, the saying, that, saying that to a Battlefield player that it's just Call of Duty is stupid because they know that it is very, very different. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying the differences between Titanfall and Call of Duty are that big, but they are different and they will and do play differently. Um, mm. I'm not saying that is valid for a lot of people who just casually play shooters. That, that doesn't really make a lot of difference to them. But to me, I, I can probably play both of those games and still live my life quite happily. Whereas everybody else seems to think that only one game should do this fast-paced, high-mobility shooter. Is, and is there going to be room in your life, though, for that and Destiny at the same time? Um, oh, that's a good question. Double-jumping, kind of futuristic... Are you going to switch from one to the other? Um, I probably will. and I have a high, high tolerance for these things. Um, let's be honest, I play a lot of shooters and I can and do play several shooters at the same time. I don't, I don't grasp this philosophy of tying myself to one particular franchise and saying, I am a Call of Duty player, I will never play anything else. I, I don't understand that. I'm not massively competitive. I don't need to be the best at a particular game. If a shooter is good, I will play and enjoy it for however long I want to play it for. And if another you, one you- comes out, I'll move along. You just like a well-stocked entertainment centre. Yes, I do. I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't want to limit myself. <laughs> Can I ask you how how is Titanfall on your forums? Is it still buoyant? Are there still still people playing and talking? Um, Titanfall has a dedicated base of people. They're, it's not as popular as people thought it was going to be. All three of them, or <laughs> <laughs> there are there are a few people playing. 
Um, but it's it's not. It's not like COD 4 was. It's not the revival of that COD 4, let's play it every night and everyone jump in there. I mean, maybe it is for some people, but I'd from my perspective... I'd love to know what, they, what their, their predictions were, because they would have had very, very clear... The way that that company was set up and the investment, they would have had very clear targets to hit and they'd have been watching all that data. And I'd, I'd love to know how they feel it went. I, they have to be disappointed. Um, it wasn't the second coming of the new first-person shooter that they expected. Whether that was because it was on the Xbox One and they tied themselves to that console and it was a poor choice in the end after the way that console was received, who knows? If it had been a multi-platform title, this mm. could be a completely different story. It's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it did come out on the PC as well, so you can't argue that it was kind of only in just one camp. But would a, would a Titanfall on the PS4 made much of a difference? I'm not sure it would. Maybe, maybe not. Well, they certainly shifted more units, and that's undoubtable. Um, I think one of the problems was that one of the big things moving to the next-gen consoles that I, anyone I knew who was interested in shooters was talking about, which was Battlefield 4 getting a higher player count. So it, it seemed like there was that kind of advent of, you know, 64-player battles. And all of a sudden, when you go back to kind of 6v6, that seemed to hit, it seemed to knock the enthusiasm enthusiasm out of a lot of people well i guess that brings us nicely on to sony mark lots of cool hardware announcements as well as lots of cool games as well yep uh ps now um so the game streaming service europe for 2015 and the uk will get the first beta for that um and ps tv which obviously you can play playstation vita and most one classic games and I you thought can that looked great yeah, also a great way to get your PS4 into another room. Tiny little box, which, as you described there, you can stick it in your um, your spare room where your spare setup is. Or a spare in entertainment centre. A spare entertainment centre. <laughs> should, should you be lucky enough to have one? Yeah, um, I think they've only done the, the Euros, haven't they, thus far? 99 Euros. Uh, but fingers crossed it might be kind of, you know, Euros to Pounds. If we're lucky. Going to show in the US first. Uh, as far as I know, it's November 14th, for, and that should be obviously Europe. Oh, really? So, well, if, if the price is in euros, I doubt it's for the US. Uh, yeah, the one, the one I read, it said um, it was US only and it was $99. So, uh, if that is the case, then yeah, good times. Well, fingers crossed. Um, other than that, it was very much uh, one of those shows where lots of talk about being kind of humbled by people's support and lots of various people um, wheeled out to introduce other people to talk about their own games um, what did we have Drive Club that was shown finally long overdue um, have we not seen that before now we've seen a lot of it this was talking a bit about the, the whole kind of why the club is in there uh, was so it originally a launch title that game it was going to I, I don't know the the PlayStation Plus version was going to be available at launch, which was going to be kind of uh, as as far as I can remember, that was going to be like a cut down version, a bit like GT Five Prologue or something like yeah. that. Does that so still exist? Pointless to me. Mm. Is it still a thing? What Drive Club? The the cut down free on PS Plus thing. I don't even know if that still exists. If they're still okay. planning on doing that, um, Resogun obviously took that took its place. Um, 
but it is quite interesting you know the the whole idea about um kind of experience points and and club mates and that kind of thing so you can progress if you get a kind of team together so if if one person is playing a lot then you can all benefit from that um which makes it a little bit less of a, a solo experience i actually quite like that idea because i've always kind of I've often got into things like Gran Turismo and then it kind of strikes me just how many hours I'd have to put into it to kind of progress to the point where I'd get get my hands on the decent cars and, you know, all the tracks and the like. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's quite interesting. And, and you know, as with most things, they're trying to kind of push, oh, we've got weather systems and that kind of thing, which is, you know, I think we've gone past that point now. <laughs> what, the weather system, you're over it? Yeah, well, it's just like, well, you know, I kind of assume that you can, you know, you can choose what the weather will be like, and it's just, well, yeah, it's a nice idea, and and I did like the, you know, the way he pitched it, which was you can kind of have a, have a massive thunderstorm starting, and then, you know, it'll ebb away as the race goes on, then it will come back for the end, but you know that kind of ninety nine percent of people will will kind of just go in pure sunshine or kind of extreme conditions. It's a bit like kind of. FIFA games or that kind of thing, you know, people just say, "Well, I, I'll just play in sunshine." Yeah, you're not going to go. Oh, I fancy a bit of overcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's drizzling outside in Britain in kind of, of October. Uh, yeah, gilet weather, perhaps. <laughs> gilet, gilet. I do like a gilet. <laughs> keep that to yourself. <laughs> well we call them puffer jackets in south yeah. london uh, yeah exactly it's a body warmer <laughs> body warmer there yeah. you go uh you um, saw tear away for ps4 do you know what i've got it on my vita and i've yet to play it i've yet to have a, have a plane ride long enough to um to feel like you need, need to, to rectify that but it, it isn't a yeah, game in which, out. yeah it's not a game that you can really play that well in public and still look normal i'd say <laughs> You know, because obviously, you know, it utilises the camera and the like. And I, if I recall correctly, there are places where you still have to kind of speak aloud. And so, therefore, you will look a bit of a dunce. Oh, really? Yeah. but Transatlantic flight might be, you yeah. might sort of raise the eye of the uh, the marshal. You Ex- wouldn't want to do that. Well, I think there are some games that you can get away with as an adult. You know, still kind of, if if you're the guy on the plane who's playing on a Vita or something... There are some games you can get away playing, but as you're designing, say, a crown for a squirrel, I think if someone leans over and sees that, <laughs> you know, you're not in a good place there. Um, so, okay, so Tearaway's coming. Uh, I presume they're going to still try and keep a lot of the, the style of gameplay and the control method and, and perhaps build on that as well. Is the, is the controller up to it? I don't know much about the DualShock 4. Yeah, well, um, they, they say they've kind of redesigned it a bit to work around the, the DualShock 4, so the light bar is going to be shining into the world, um, which is good because that thing annoys me massively and it means that I can finally take the duct tape off it. Uh, other than that... Um, Do you really cover it up? Yeah, it annoys me because I, 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 like I like to play in darkness. You know, if I'm going to play a game properly and get immersed, I like to turn the lights out. And that thing, even on the the, the kind of even at, even at three in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Curtains closed. Blackout, blackout curtains. Blackout blind down. Lock yeah. the door. Yeah, everything. Uh, get, your, get your wizard wizard outfit on. <laughs> exactly. What do you mean? That's get it such on. A quote you can pull out at the end. <laughs> I like to play in darkness. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so that will finally be utilised. Um, the touchpad. 
because obviously you don't have the rear touchpad like on the Vita so they've had to redesign it in certain ways but you can use that to, to throw things and in fact if you throw things out at you you can catch them in the, the DualShock 4 and so they'll, you know, like a little squirrel or something so you'll hear the sound of it from the speaker on the controller and uh, the squirrel is a fairly integral part of the game in, in, in I don't, th- I can't remember I, the, I do remember just, them but you've brought them up twice now it, were, it was a particularly good crown that I did design for this squirrel that's all I'll say, <laughs> you know right um, but yeah, they've said it. They've said though it's the same journey but new environment. So I don't exactly know how different it's going to be. Whether it's the kind of thing that you'd necessarily double dip for. Um, but I think a lot of Sony show. I mean, I think Microsoft probably kind of stole it with grabbing Tomb Raider as an exclusive because a lot of Sony show was kind of covering similar ground to what they've done before you know an emphasis on indies and the like you know they they I'm rolled surpri- out I'm surprised to hear you say that but I'll hear your Tomb Raider and I'll raise you Daisy Is it an exclusive though I d- well, you you tell me because I have got it here in if, the in the notes and on uh, another website that I just had a look at it seems to kind of be a bit ambiguous in whether it is or isn't Well Dean Hall came out he spoke a lot about the game um, See, I thought he was leaving. I thought he was leaving the project to go set up his own thing as well. So that's obviously not the case if they're letting him do press conferences. Well, I, I know that a lot of the comments were from from people with, when they saw the news was, "Well, can you kindly finish the PC version first? <laughs> you, you know, um, and well said, yeah. Well but said. there's a lot of usually with this kind of thing. I mean, there hasn't been a single opportunity either at Gamescom or or at E3 or any other show. If there's the vaguest hint of exclusivity, you know, someone was at timed exclusive, uh, you know, making its console exclusive debut, um, you know, exclusively on the Microsoft format or, you know, all those kind of phrases. I don't think exclusive was mentioned at any point during that Daisy presentation. Um, so it, it's the kind of thing that you would assume would come out in the next couple of days as people hit the show floor. Um but I can't see they'd miss that big an opportunity to if it was a proper exclusive. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's still quite interesting that we're going to get to see a, a game like that on uh, on a console. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's hugely interesting. I it's I do wonder though once again whether it will be the the kind of thing that actually takes off a little bit like you know when when people thought that it would be great that MMOs came to consoles. And you just find that, should we say, that there's a kind of dedicated crowd on PCs that are interested in kind of character persistence and, you know, an investment of time that just probably doesn't exist in the same way on consoles. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if it can kind of find a home in the, in the, the psyche of those console gamers. And- well, I mean, there are a lot of console gamers who complain about, you know, having to, well, like with you and, and Red Dead Redemption or something. I have to travel, you know, on horseback for 10 minutes to get to somewhere. Well, can you imagine, you know, kind of walking all day to get to a location and then getting shot in the head by a sniper? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I think, I think it does have a place, though. I think people are looking for new things. Everyone thinks that perhaps, you know, Destiny and its MMO stylings and stuff is the new way forward for those sort of games. And you've obviously got Demon Souls and that sort of stuff with super hard games where people enjoy sort of banging their head against something and it being super hard. So I think Daisy could find a place. We're at a real crossroads, aren't we? You know, World of Warcraft has died on its arse. Um, the Star Wars MMO has died on its arse. You know, Call of Duty does not have the audience it once had. You know, they, 
mass market multiplayer gaming is definitely at a crossroads with no one really knowing what the next big thing is going to be or how it's going to take off. It's yeah. quite exciting, really, in a, in a way. The thing I was thinking was, I'm not entirely sure that we will find something which will sort of galvanise everybody. And I, I, we always come back to it because it's probably common ground for us. But, you know, like Call of Duty 4 did, where everybody was in a certain place at a certain time. And when you looked at your friends list on either console, it would just be Call of Duty 4 down for, for a good six months. I'm not ever sure we'll see that again, to be honest. I see it when a game comes out for maybe a week. But I, there hasn't really been anything which has grabbed a large proportion of any community that I can see for, there, for a long time. There was a time... time. There was a time where everybody was always down the road of disco. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? And that's been yeah. and gone, and that's never coming back. So you know, maybe, maybe we're hankering over something which. But is this not will, what, what will Desti- never return? Yeah, is this not what Destiny's kind of pushing for? I mean, they've, they've, let's talk about Destiny. I, I know nothing about it. We've missed a couple of podcasts because we've all been by the pool and chilling. Um, you've been playing the beta quite a bit. I think yeah, and you had an article up on the site as well, which which kind of went into the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, I, I played the alpha and the beta, um, and just at Gamescom they were pushing um, most pre-ordered new IP um, of all time, which isn't surprising given that, that was the way that most people thought they were going to have to get into the beta. And then when you found they f- f- kind of threw the doors open to everyone, you suddenly thought, right, well I'm tied into that. I've already stuck a fiver down with game, but I'm not bitter about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it was um, kind of played by what did they say? Was it four point two or four point nine million people? Four point six. Four point six, somewhere in the middle. So I'll go with that. Juicy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, proved very very popular. But um, well, talk, talk me through the gameplay. I know nothing about it. So okay. um, well, it, it's um, you've got single player missions. Um, you you're obviously you're where a lot of people see it as uh, an FPS mixed with an MMO because other people inhabit the same world as you. They're in the same kind of maps and areas, so you can just explore particular places, um, which are destinations on the map, and then pick up missions on the go, kind of small missions, clear out this kind of you know little enemy enclave or collect this, that, or the other. Those kind of little kind of step-and-fetch-it it, it, missions. It, it sounds like raiding to me, yeah. Yeah, um, but then you get... Uh, big strikes um which are, are kind of central missions which you go on with cooperatively with people um three people usually uh was shown off in the the alpha and the beta um and they will be long drawn out affairs so you become most people who've played an MMO will be fairly familiar with that kind of format, which is, um, you know, there will be a boss figure at the end and there will be, you know, lots of progression through there and lots of collection of XP and various bits of loot. Um, and then you've got separate to that, there's the multiplayer side of things in the Crucible, where when cert- certain modes there will be level advantages um, kind of disabled in certain modes they will be enabled and you can carry over you know all your weaponry and the like over into that side of things so there's the the big kind of selling point is character persistence so if you're struggling in a particular mission in the game or you can't get up to a certain level point you go and play the multiplayer and the multiplayer is typically like with most things bungee it's excellent and you will 
kind of play that for a couple of hours you'll get all the xp you need you might level up and then you'll go back and you'll tackle another mission if you're struggling in the in the multiplayer you might decide that you're going to stick around exploring areas just kind of grinding away picking up better items and then you might think you're better equipped for the multiplayer so the two kind of combine there's this kind of back and forth between them sounds deep well that's what they're obviously going for um the, the minor kind of drawbacks in that at just as the beta ended, there came out that there were only going to be four locations in uh, the game, which I think you had about kind of half a dozen missions on one location, which it's not going to be a hell of a lot. I think people kind of assumed there would be more to it than that, um, particularly as it, as it reuses the same locations. So for the different story missions um, and the explore side of things, so it, it's there's no map there so it's it's very clever level design so it's all kind of intertwining buildings and that kind of thing uh so it's it's labyrinthine but if you actually saw a map of it completely kind of sprawled out you'd see that it's not even though they say it's obviously their biggest game it, it's not as large as it might initially seem you know you're you're navigating by landmarks and things that you know um, then there's also the question of matchmaking which they've said that for the six player raids it's going to be there's well there's no matchmaking for that so you've got to get together a group of five other friends i got one question for you yep is it fun it is yeah i'd say it's very very good fun i think they've they've absolutely nailed the shooting mechanics of it um there's there's still auto aim there, which I will still probably annoy some people. Um, Useful for you, don't know. Yes, I, I can finally <laughs> kind of hit a cow's ass with that banjo, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very pleased that it's in there because for once I'm not the lowest person on the scoreboard during multiplayer. Juicy, yeah. I, I think I really need to ensure that I have a PS4 in time for Destiny. When's it out? What? Eleventh of September. Ooh, I need to get my ass. Is it September or is it November? September. Oh. Is it September? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. See, I'm I'm at a crossroads. Uh, I, I like a crossroads tonight, don't I? Uh, <laughs> I'm at a crossroads. I, I want to get a PS4 now, but also Elite Dangerous has become a bit of an obsession for me. That looks I really good. Even, I haven't even played the game yet. I'm just watching videos. I'm reading other people talking about the game. And today uh, I was catching up on some posts and the guys on the PC forum there swearing by um, this X55 Rhino controller flight stick thing. And I'm thinking, I quite fancy a bit of that. I played Elite uh, Frontier back in the day when I was a nipper and I had a little kind of flight yokel thing that I used to love grabbing as i was pulling out of a planet's atmosphere and it really made me feel like i was the the boss man and just to try and recapture that um have you got space to keep it set up though listen i've got i've got i'm i'm currently in my office stroke studio this is where i work all day long but i could easily get um my flight my cockpit set up in here without <laughs> too much uh too much without roll. too much because i've gone down this route with um no 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 I, I went down this route with um gt5 uh prologue and, and a g25 oh, wheel wow. and i got the g25 yeah. and i even bought a little table that i could stick it on because Fairy i just, dice on the mirror and yeah exactly and you just think 
uh, it, it only takes you know a couple of minutes to set it set up but a little bit like with you know leon and, and first world problems and not wanting to go to your entertainment center and change discs <laughs> you know you do kind of just you think i'm comfy here i've got my controller here i can't be bothered with it you know unless yeah. you're really kind of committed to it you know it, yeah. it, it does after a given point you just think i, I bought that peripheral because it was cool not yeah. because I'm going to use it that much. It's expensive as well. I mean, we're talking 150 quid to get this bit of kit. And the game alone, to get into the... Um, what stage are we at? Is anyone no beta or alpha? It's not the full game. Anyway. It's, it's a Kickstarter, isn't it? It's a Kickstarter. You're looking at somewhere between it's, it's 50 and 100 quid. $75, isn't it? There you go. So, I mean, it's, it's not cheap for the game. The kit's going to cost money. And despite every... Every fibre of me saying this is a terrible idea, I just think, oh, just to recapture that magic of when I was 13, 12, 13. No, it does look good. And it's it's the one sort of genre which I miss the most. It's like space combat games. And I used to have a flight stick as well. I used to play X3, the reunion on the PC. Okay, cool. Um, when that was out. And I used to love my flight stick and dogfights and mining asteroids and that sort of stuff and I love it and I'm just dying for something to come out on the Xbox One we got Strike Zoo Zero but the less we say about that is awful <laughs> awful, awful, awful game um, well, No Man's great. Sky as well that we're all yeah. excited about but, we're in a space kind of time aren't we it seems yeah. to be a bit of a golden age for space games again it's come come around and bringing it full circle to destiny obviously mark said you know there isn't a lot of content as it turns out well maybe there is a lot of content but it doesn't appear to be a lot when the game launches they've announced loads of expansions already where they said two expansions and one will be out in december december seems pretty quick for me um to have a full expansion out which gives you some more areas or whatnot but that's like saying that you're going to burn through the game in that you know in that short space of time which someone will someone will well yeah totally but they've got they've said from the beginning when they announced the thing they said they had a 10-year plan for it and i remember them saying back when they were making halo games they were saying we'd love to make a game with space combat in it and i've got it in the back of my head that that is what they're going to do with destiny eventually they've said that they want to put space combat in it as well well, you can so, buy new ships, can't you? So Yeah, oh. exactly. So, and, and that's what's going to happen. Destiny, they're just going to keep bolting onto that game. It's not going to be... Dest- if they announce Destiny 2, I'd be very surprised. I think it's just going to be a platform. It, Destiny is the platform they're going to work on for 10 years. And, and it just becomes perpetual and... Yeah. Uh, oh, look, there's the space thing. expansion now. And mm. you can have your spaceship with, where you wander around and, you know, sort of like your little Normandy or something like that. Mm. Um, what's the pricing model for Destiny at the moment I mean I presume it's just a one off fee you pay well buy the game then buy the buy the add-ons buy the expansions yeah as far as I know unless Activision fall into line with EA and EA Access or something like that and say right Mm. well you've got the Activision subscription and you get access to Destiny for Four ninety nine a month or something. It'd be intriguing to see if it can work on a console. And I tell you what, if there's anyone that can, Bungie, you know, Bungie, without doubt, the guys that have got the the clout and the ambition to to make it happen, I'd mm. go all in and back them. Mm. Oh, it's in, it's intriguing, an intriguing time for sure. What to do though? Elite or PlayStation Four? Don't know what to do. That seems like a fairly disparate set of choices, to be honest. Mm. PlayStation Four is going to cost you way more than Elite is. Well, I suppose when you add in the um, the flight stick that I absolutely do not need, 
well, not, I guess. not too far that. Too but if far you get there. PlayStation Four, then you get PlayStation Plus, and then all those extra little Vita games. Mm. And they they announced cool PlayStation Plus features. They beat Microsoft to the punch on the whole family sharing thing. That was ah uh, yeah, yeah for me I didn't I didn't read about this I didn't hear this so um... well my stream kind of crapped out right during that whole point and all I got was if you have PlayStation Plus then you can share is it up to two games or something with other PS Plus members Mark. Uh, I didn't hear that up to. Uh, oh. This is share play. And so they're yep. kind of touting this as you're just passing the controller to someone so you can invite a PlayStation Plus friend in and there's no need for them to own the game. Um, as I understand, I saw someone explain it that it was it was like um, you, if you're streaming, if they're, they're viewing you while streaming, then, you know, you can just... they can just kind of jump in and take over control. Um but I'm not sure how accurate that is. Because everybody wants that. Yeah. <laughs> although, although I can picture a time where I'll be stuck on something. Leon, can you help a brother out? <laughs> <laughs> Jump in. Jump in, yeah, exactly. Yeah, apparently the best way to think about SharePlay is like a virtual couch. PlayStation 4 will create an online co- local co-op experience by allowing you to invite a friend to join your game even when they don't own a copy of it. Any more about the um, the... Sony version of the the Oculus Rift thing was it the Mor- Morpheus? Morpheus, yeah. That was coming in just as my stream was kind of stuttering in and out. Yeah, that was the same okay. in the same section as well. It was all a little bit dodgy. Which isn't great news when Sony announced a streaming service. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone had any kind of VR epiphanies over the last two months since we last all sat down together? Has anyone become a convert or a or a, a hater? I think I'll need to, to see it. It's one of those things where you, you can't really judge it until you've got it on your head and play it because as much as anybody can describe it to you and tell you how great it is, you're just going to have to experience it for yourself and I haven't had the opportunity. So, I was reading about some sort of um, new demo they're doing where it's kind of like you're a bird simulator and you're flying. Okay. You're a bird? <laughs> you're a bird. It's like all bird POV and you're just flying everywhere. I thought that sounded kind of cool and apparently it's very impressive. So... Press conferences today weren't too bad. The Microsoft one got quite awkward for a while there. People were just tripping over themselves for quite a bit, which is always horrible. Um, but the Call of Duty one before, the day before, was so bad. It was literally, they could have compressed the information that they relayed in that event for an hour and 20 minutes, however much it was, into a 15-minute video. Mm. And it was just them stretching it out for an hour with like fake banter, fake rivalry, repeating the same thing to you over and over again, telling you everything you already knew. Oh, guess what? You can now have a pick 13 system, which is the same as the pick 10 system where you can pick weapons, perks and and score streaks. It's like, why are you explaining this to me? I just don't care. Just show me the gameplay and go away. Um, So I, I think the way that they're presenting these things nowadays... It, it doesn't help. And it's similar to what you were saying, where they, they want to control that message so much. Stuff like Sunset Overdrive, th- they've shown us such compartmentalised parts of that game that I just am just really not trusting of it. And I don't People know. People can't, but you get wise to it. Are you yeah. talking about, I mean, with Sunset Overdrive, are you saying that I, they're only showing certain bits or that they're kind of editing the videos down? 
it's it's not even that. It's just that they show you Sunset Overdrive and they're like, oh, look, it's crazy. There's these crazy people in this crazy land and you can jump around and grind on rails and shoot things. And you're like, well, that's fine. I understand what the gameplay is. But could you just show me 15 minutes of somebody playing that game? Because they did not- have a... have a, a. Did you watch the little live stream? Major Nelson and, and I think it was one of the devs was playing that game. Very possibly. Afterwards. But the question is... Did you did you get a story a story segment? I guess what you got was them going into an area, jumping around and shooting and showing the gameplay mechanics, which is all they ever seem to do. Yeah. There's never they they always say, "Oh, we're so good at making crazy characters in Insomniac that that's our strength." It's like, okay then. Well, why don't you show me a level of that? Show me a mission where a crazy characters introduced, a story is told, the 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 gameplay that I am doing ties into that somehow, and. I get to see how I'm actually going to play that game. Not these are the actions you will be doing. Doesn't this look fun? Mm. Like it, it doesn't doesn't tell me anything about what I'm going to be doing for well, eight it needs hours. To, it needs to titillate and intrigue you as well. You know, leave you with a few more questions as opposed to a kind of you know onslaught on the senses. <laughs> There's that, but then at the same time. I want to know the actual experience that I'm getting. I don't want to have to buy the game and then go, oh, well, I'm actually repeating the same four actions over and over again and it's not that fun anyway. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd like a, a true representation. You say, what's the best way to do a game demo? It's just to show me the game. Mm. Don't, be, don't be coy about it. Don't show it me in a compartmentalised way. Just have faith in your product. If it's as good as you say it is, and just show me the game. It'd be great if we could do like some kind of X-Factor system where we could just hit a button and just reject something outright, cut them off. <laughs> they need to do, they used to do like one versus 100 on these things uh, where, you know, interactive gameplay type stuff. And it'd be great if they did that in the press conferences where you could just see people's reaction. Like Fable Legends comes on, it's like a thousand thumbs down. <laughs> this is shit. Yeah, it'd just be interesting to see what people's reactions to that sort of stuff is. I, I, I mean, I wonder how they feel about uh, these conferences internally because, I mean, I suppose we could draw some parallels with with comic-con you know there's a lot of rumor now that hollywood is kind of placing less of a importance on on a big event like comic-con for example whereas in years gone by they want to show footage or, or or show effects or you know have big panels and stuff i wonder if if, if games will level out in the way that they use conferences at the moment they just seem to be so excited and so invested in them that it all becomes, it, it all kind of acts against them. Mm. It does all seem like it's going to implode. I mean, some companies just ignore them altogether. Like, if, if you're big enough, you can just say, forget it, like Rockstar, they don't care. They don't turn up to, to any events or do anything. When they want to announce something, they'll announce it and everybody else will get out of their way. And you know what? And they'll, they'll get their trailer bang on the money as well. Yeah, exactly. It will be a trailer. It will show you a bit of the story, a bit of the gameplay, a bit of the scenery. But do you not think that, though, that one of the reasons why these, you know, a lot of these kind of publishers and developers have to do these shows is because of the amount of kind of deals they've done with exclusive content? I, Rockstar, don't tend to do that, so therefore they can choose if they don't want to bother showing up as a show, then that's fine. But, you know, like, Destiny clearly... You know they have a deal with Sony to get timed exclusive content, and so therefore you have to say, right, you're showing up during our hour and a half to say, you know, we're really pleased to be working with Sony. You know, it's kind of one of those things. It's like seeing some kind of pop star having to do morning TV or something. Yeah, completely. Yeah, 
completely. Mm. Gotta say, the most natural speaker out of all of them was probably Dean Hall. Yeah, you're right. He was really likable. He just came out and he was like, "Yeah, I own the stage. Yeah, I made Daisy. You know, we're bringing it to PS4. You should be happy about that, right? I'm off." Whereas everyone else, it was like this weird kind of baton race of who's going to trip over the auto queue first. Yeah, and they placed the auto queue high in Sony as well, which is really weird. Yeah, because it was like everyone was just looking up constantly. Really strange. I felt really sorry though for Hideo Kojima's translator though. Because I, th- I think there must be a rule if you're speaking in a foreign language and you've got a translator who's you know going to be speaking to millions of people, speak in short sentences. Don't you know? Don't just go on for like a minute and then it was clearly like the translator couldn't just say, you know, I've I've completely forgotten what he started at, you know, at the beginning of that sentence. <laughs> I don't know where he's going with this, folks. <laughs> just makes it up. But didn't someone get caught out doing that? I can't remember. It was uh, oh, oh, it was at, sign um, Mandela's. Guy. Hu- wasn't it Mandela's funeral? Yeah, it was. That was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out he like just didn't know sign language or something. Oh my goodness! That's awful. Um, what else we got? I, I suppose the only other thing I was going to say about Sony. I mean, we were talking about this slightly before um, before we started recording. Is that the Sony press conference was was interesting because I think. I'm not that they're leaning on indies, but I guess they seem to be heading for different markets. Microsoft seems to be obviously more going down the AAA route of they've always been a kind of a shooter console and mainstream console, big, bad games, that sort of thing. Whereas Sony came out and they made a very definitive statement, we're going to do something different out of the box, um, you know, try and surprise you a little bit. And, and they did do that. They had a lot of small fire hits, which were very strange and very different uh, Q games and... Do you know what? I think the Vita is a massive help in that department. Is it? it I think so, because it's got so many little, what would normally be indie games on other platforms, just because they lend themselves so well to that to that style of uh, of platform but it's not Uh, a platform anymore. Am I alone on that? Is is that right, Mark? Can you you see the point I'm trying to make on that? Yeah, but I I think with this conference they were going you know, kind of full on with PS4 are they trying to be a bit hipster is that what we're saying well it's, it's just I find it interesting that kind of a lot of the titles that previously you might have seen just like in a montage they're giving full on kind of trailers and they're kind of pushing forwards as not just well this is an extra little independent game This it's like this is a reason to buy the Playstation 4 you should 4. be excited yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. They kept doing that every time. I'd be watching it thinking, oh, don't announce something that's going to make me want to have to go and buy another console or something. They'd be like, this is a new exclusive game. I'm thinking, oh, no, it's going to be a massive AAA title. And then it would be a small game. Not that's a bad thing, but the expectation was that it would be another Bloodborne or something else like that, which was going to be a huge game. But it generally wasn't. I mean, you had Ninja Theory's new game, but that wasn't exclusive. It's timed exclusive. Yeah, I think the weight was very much on Sony's show on kind of towards the smaller exclusives. And it does seem like, should we say, with Microsoft, they've kind of gone for the one big punch with Tomb Raider, whereas Sony went for kind of like lots of little hits. Um, You know, I think one of the problems is also you just can't quite tell what's exclusive and what's timed exclusive and what isn't, you know, because it's such a kind of role of information, whereas people can easily identify something like Tomb Raider right that's if that's only going to be on Xbox One whereas all of us like I would have to look at a spreadsheet to work out right Rhyme uh, what's is that one going to be exclusive uh, Hellblade uh, Hollow Point you know volume which one is you know 
for like volume. There's there's one right. So Mike Bithell, Thomas was alone. <laughs> it's stealth. It's it's Robin Hood. It looks really interesting. You're thinking it's it's a, a flow chart, isn't it? Yeah. For, and then then the phrase first the PlayStation or or something next year, and you just think yeah. right. Well then that doesn't really make a, a, any kind of real decision for me. You know, if I was mm. on the fence between which two consoles to get, whereas if someone says, right, Tomb Raider, that'll never be, you'll never play that with DualShock 4. That mm. kind of holds a bit more weight. I'm not buying the Vita, though, back to your point. I think that's just turned into the PlayStation 4 controller system. Oh, big time, big time. It's given it a new lease of life, and as a Vita owner, you know, that's great, that's good. Um, I, it's a little bit of a stroke of genius, really. But I guess it's it's not by accident. They obviously all were, always planned it. But yeah, if you look at the um, the classifieds, you know they 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 seem to be moving moving hands pretty quickly. You so. know what? I I'm, I've got to disagree there, Steve. I reckon it's entirely by accident. Yeah, you think so? I th- I think they planned that thing to to tackle the same as they did with the with the the PSP to tackle Nintendo, and by accident they they chucked in as much kit as they possibly could. And like with most things, you know, with these kind of bits of technology, they've thrown in a rear touchpad, they've thrown in the, the kind of connectability with it all, and they happen to have fallen upon a use for it. You yeah. know, there's a reason why you're not seeing, like, what new Vita game are you playing? Well, right now I'm kind of playing, what, like, kind of Hotline Miami or something? I'm, you know, I'm yeah. using it to, <laughs> to remote, con- yeah, to remote <laughs> play on my PS4 or that kind of thing. It's It's absolutely fantastic at that. But I, I really don't think they came up with a master plan there. I think they just got mm. lucky. The, the reason why I say it, it just it seems to work so well. That that would be the reason why I think it. You know, if it is, if it is a fluke, if it is luck, wow, yeah, wow. Because the others would kill for that. Microsoft would kill for that kind of easy route into remote gameplay. The Wii U, okay, fine. It's got its own little thing but you know maybe it's not really a contender at this table right now so so that brings us to the end of our august podcast guys thanks so much for your for your time it's always appreciated is there anything any uh, articles i need to plug or any bits and pops james james will be back from uh, gamescom in the next few days hopefully he'll write some sort of uh, roundup that will no doubt be featured on the site yeah, James and Manny are both there, aren't they? So they're t- together, in fact. I well, don't know if that's the word <laughs> yeah. they use. <laughs> I, I follow them both on Twitter, and um, and uh, there was there was some tweets about something being very stressful just before they got on the flight. I think they nearly missed their flight or something. I'm not not, not too sure. Okay, we can get the full story next month when we all, we all sit down together. I like to think they're in bed like Morecambe and Wise right now. <laughs> Feeding each other Hagen dolls. Nice. Bert and Ernie. Surely it's uh, what's it called? The sausage that they eat in Germany. Bratwurst. Bratwurst. Yeah, surely they're feeding each other bratwurst. With curry sauce. <sighs> it's good. It's the only way to have it. I want to try that. Cologne's a fantastic city, by the way. Really cool. Never really been. cool. Cool place to hang out. Yeah, have you been to Germany before? Full stop. I've been to Germany. Very clean. That's a, that was a quick review. <laughs> Have you been to Germany? Very clean. Click TripAdvisor. <laughs> uh, was this review useful? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> Guys, massive thanks for your time. Um, big thanks to Mark. Cheers, Steve. 
Huge thanks to Leon. See you next time. And we will catch you next month. Queen of the Quop. I like to play in darkness.